Right, so uh, we're here at BYO Podcast live at the Real Wine Fair here in uh, Tobacco Docks in London, and I'm um, really excited for our first guest. We've got Patrick Sullivan with us all the way from uh, across the planet. So, uh, um, Patrick, why don't you tell a little bit about yourself and uh, what you're up to and what you brought for us? Uh, obviously, my name is Patrick Sullivan, and that's, that's my brand to, to keep things easy. Um, I'm based in a little town called Allenbank, which has nothing in it um, east, east of Melbourne, apart from us and a, and a few cows. Uh, we're about an hour and 15 east of Melbourne, up in the Streslecky Ranges, in a, in a little place called Bobo Shire. Um, we, you know, moved there in 2014, um, originally buying Negociant fruit, and over the last sort of five years, I've put together, with, with my friend William Downey, put together a, a string of six vineyards that we farm with certified biodynamic now. Um, they're all kind of, I guess, not in the context of Australia old, but they're all 30 to 40 year old vineyards own-rooted, um, dry-grown from inception. We have a really unique volcanic soil um, where we're from as well, which gives the, gives the wines a, a lovely intensity and you know, aromatic lift, I guess. It gives, the, it gives them a restrained power, and, and that's what we have. So I've got a couple of them to, uh, to talk you through and show you today. Uh, two wines that, of the four that I'm showing inside, both, both from our vineyards in the Borbore Shire, but both, uh, I guess, show a different context or understanding about what we're trying to do. Um, I guess I'll show you, uh, the first wine that I've got to show you is, is our Ada River Chardonnay. Um, pretty, pretty unique site. Uh, it's, it's, it's close to 300 or 280 metres above sea level. Uh, it was planted in the, I guess, in the, in the early 80s. Um, mainly a, a clone called P58, which is one of the original Chardonnay clones that come across to Australia, uh, and what you see in this wine is purity. Like we're looking for, I guess, a restrained, a restrained intensity, but purity, and that's that's certainly something that we get from from our sites. Um, it's been a bit of a journey for us to, to try and find out where we're going and what we're trying to do. And I guess when I started, and you know, I was quite young. I was 20, 23 when I started this business, and that's some um, almost 10 years ago now and, and it uh and we, we were focused on whites and then we kind of drifted away and, and now the focus has certainly shifted back to white wine and that's what we're farming and that's what i enjoy farming particularly chardonnay i just really love the just just the just the nuance you get from from chardonnay in australia and particularly when you're growing in the soils in the type of vineyards that we've got um that's great i mean on the nose it's it's got it's got a lot of depth. It's got, a, I mean, it's it's got quite a lot there. But then on the palate, it's just so tense. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you, that, you know, obviously my mind's already going that way because you talk about the volcanic soil. It's incredibly saline. It's incredibly rigid on the mid palate. It's got yeah. a real, real precision. Yeah, no, it does, and that, that's definitely obviously volcanic soil is mineral rich, and we and we and um, and with having a dry grown vineyard. So when you have volcanic soils, they they can they can they can be really difficult and challenging because. Um, that they're, they're so free draining, so you can literally have 100 millimeters of rain and walk on it tomorrow, and it's not it's not going to appear to be wet. So, having these types of soils and obviously dry growing where we are can create some difficulties. But we get enough rain that, that gets us through, and these vines are of, of an age now which you can kind of handle, and and you know they're probably, the roots are deep enough. So what you end up with is you get that minerality, you get that salinity from the the, the nourishing salinity from the, from the soil. It's also really concentrated. I mean, there's a lot of depth to the wine as well. I mean, it's really 
It's really cohesive. It's really yeah, cohesive. It's, it's, 2018 was a, it was a pretty balanced season, but what, what we have got, I mean, when you've got um, vines of age, but also soils and, you know, there's, there's three factors working in there. You've got the soils, you've got your vine age, and, and you've got, um, you've got the, 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 the free draining soil. You, you get, you get uh, an intensity, very small berries. Like when you, I guess when you have a, a classic Australian vineyard and you, and, you, and you go find the grapes, they're, they're obviously delicious, but if they have been irrigated, you get, you get, um, you, know, you eat a grape, it's full of liquid and it's delicious and it, as it should be. But with some of these older older sites on, on the soils that we have, you get this intensity and it's almost jelly-like character yeah, in, the, yeah. in the berry when you eat it off the vine. And, and certainly this vineyard, you see that a lot. That's great. What's, um, you've been coming to the Real Wine Fair for a few years and you've been working with Le Cave for a long time. Yeah, a long time. I, I, um, Just talk about the kind of the... Yeah, so back in 2011, I, I, I ventured over and I actually worked with Eric um, Nario, who's obviously the director of Le Cave and uh, I worked with him on his property on, on Etna and um, we just had a really wonderful time and really got on with everybody and we've had a really close relationship ever since. I did some wine buying for them over the time um, which was a pretty steep learning curve and then, then did some, um, then we also have a, a little business in Australia importing wines that, that I do with a, a dear friend Christian McCabe who has a restaurant in Australia called Emblo which is it does super well and you know it's a, it's a wonderful place so yeah the three of us together have a, have a little import business which which is really nice so we're still working together and then I've I come across three years ago and they come this year and hopefully I'll, I'll make it across next year I think they're doing it again so yeah, if, well if they do it again it'd be wonderful no oh, cool so, so you kind of got like two hats on so you gotta go check on some uh, uh, I'm trying to yeah it was pretty it was pretty mental there for a bit trying to balance it all but now it's kind of everything's kind of working and I'm back Working in the vineyard, where which is my focus, that's what I studied, that's what I want to do, and I think that's where the most benefit and the most thought can be. So that's really where my energy's gone, particularly in the last 12 months. Yeah. So is that, did you go to Etna because you you were, you knew you had these I just wanted, soil? Uh, no, it's just, this was, this was before. So we bought our farm in 2014. We're always kind of move, going to move to that area, yeah. but no, no, I was just really interested in that place as an area, and, you know, it was a pretty cool spot, and, you know, it's a really you know, you want to go somewhere and learn something yeah. which is kind of, you know, and at that stage Etna was really starting to produce and starting to become more well known and it was really great to go there and see what was happening and yeah, yeah it was wonderful. That's yeah, pretty cool. Um, do you find any, I mean, I was like, it's, it's such a shallow kind of association, but do you, is there a lot of practical kind of experience that you got from working on those soils? I mean, it's a very different volcanic kind of climate, obviously, but uh, no, it's, it's very different grapes, but... I, mean, I think the, the, the main experience that you get, I mean, you can't really compare all that much because you're dealing with completely different parts of the world, completely different varieties, trained in a completely different way that yeah. possibly won't work with us or, you know, but what you can, I think what you do get is, is you get the, you get the, the slammed home to you pretty quickly. It's all about site and it's all about, um, it's all about prizing what you can from uh, prizing what you can from the vineyard and, and understanding how to balance the vineyard out how do you take that experience of being in there and looking at it? How do you translate that across to what's in the bottle? Now, I know we, you know, I know it's just wine. You can look at it in very different ways. But when you spend seasons and years trying to work out what it is that site does and how it can perform the best, and you can see that translating across to other producers in parts of the world that are so foreign and so different to what you would ever do at home. Yeah. 
um, it really slams that point home that it is possible and it's real and, and, it, and it happens. Totally. Um, I mean, I can drink the Chardonnay all day, but <laughs> and I'll come see at your table. Come, come great, let's try the, try the next thing you brought as well. This, this is water skin. So this is, um, this is from our Bull Swamp Vineyard, uh, which is kind of at about 120, 150 meters above sea level. It's, I guess you could call it a field blend, but that's sort of not why it's like it is. Um, this, this section of the vineyard is, is quite interesting. It's got Sauvignon Blanc, Semillon Riesling, and a little bit of Cabernet just off the side. So this is the second time that I thought, okay, I can make a single vineyard wine from, from this site that we have. Um, it's you know, obviously my second attempt. And what we're really trying to do, I mean, everyone says, oh, I'll compare this to this, and you know, this wine kind of tastes similar to your question before, or your vineyards, this wine can taste like this wine out of Europe or this one I've had before. So how do you do something which has no benchmark, has nothing comparable, that the only real, um, the, the, the only thing you can draw back to, the only real reference point is, is the vineyard. And that's really what we're trying to do with this. So it, aromatically, it's, it's herbal, it's spicy, it's, it's, you know, it's got orange peel. Um, and then when you taste it, it's completely different again. It's right. rich, but tight, warming, and balanced. So it's, it alludes to be something that it's kind of not. So it's an adventure. It's a full story within, within the glass. And as a contrast, you know, you, with, with the Chardonnay, you're trying, to, you're trying to show a sight through purity and you know, something that's really raw, which is the obviously your white wine because it's pressed off so fast. Where in this wine, you're trying to prize the interest from the skins. You're trying to get out what you can to not make it a skin contact wine or stylistically a, a wine right. like that. You're trying to harness all the aromatics, all the power and attention of the vineyard and, and putting it into a glass without making it into a style. Because yeah. once you have a style, then all of a sudden you've got other reference points. Right, right. That's re that's really interesting. I mean, it's um, the you know um, <laughs> to to be to be so decisively um, avoiding any sort of benchmarking. It's like it's kind of a, a really interesting. I've, I've never really contemplated it before, but it's 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 kind well, of well. It does have a reference reference point. It's only the side. It's where it's yeah. from, so it can't be from anywhere but the, else. You essentially have to kind of main, you have to get through the woods of all these yeah. other things that could potentially distract distract from that, you right? and or get straight create to the it. wrong benchmarks and and. You talk about skin contact. That's really interesting as well because I think in this we 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 did a, a really great episode on, on orange wine or skin contact wines, and, and it's such a giant spectrum of yeah. Uh, of it. And the whole point is that it kind of gets lost in it. Is the essence that there's just a lot of value, character, and um, flavor, and a lot of other you know, all kinds of different also you know technical things that you pull out of the skins. But yeah. we kind of forget why people are looking to the skins at all, and you you don't have to make a skin contact wine under some sort of gnomer no. to recognize that you're just trying to like there's there's value in things you want you're to trying extract. to find the value in it and you know and then when people push it to extremes obviously in northern italy that that's long-term skin contact wine or some of the georgian things they're, they're long-term skin contact wine they're delicious wines but they're not wines of side or focus for me anyway just because they're they're stylistic and they're delicious but there's a lot of reference points mm. for those wines and you know that's i guess not what we're trying to do with why we're using skin contact and so i mean 
Maybe give me, give me, I, we talked before we started kind of filming, you know, you're in Paris, you're going to Dublin for the yeah. for there, you're here in London, um, you're, you know, you're based in Australia, you obviously you know, spend time in Etna. I mean, as you've kind of gone globally with your wines, I mean, as, maybe just talk about, like, how do, do you notice differences in the markets of, you know, how your wines are perceived in Australia, or like, where is it, where are you pushing on an open door? Uh, where it's, do pretty, you have to kind of it's pretty interesting because, uh, you know, we started when we were young and we're, we're still on our journey and, you know, what what you learn and you, you know, it's different to uh, most of the other, I guess, it's a, it's a very different conversation to, you know, an established European vigneron that the family knows the style and they've worked out their vineyards, they've worked out what they're doing and, how, and, what, they're, and what they're trying to achieve and what they're trying to head for. And then in Australia, we have, the, we have a similar thing where, you know, we have... Um, most of it, whether it be some of the natural wine producers or whether it be Fosters or, or you know, a treasury that does Penfolds or Wolf Blast, they're making something to look a certain way. Um, where I guess our journey's been um, to make something that looks like the place that we live, I guess, and more reflective. So as you taste more and as you learn more, you're, you're heading, you, you try, you, you're trying to... Um, you know, and, and you mature, and you learn more, and you, you, your your take on the on, on the world changes. You learn about um, you, your wines change. You know, your wines until I, I, mine have changed like drastically in the style and how how I present them to a point where you start to get comfortable and know know where you're at. You have confidence. You know, before I used to put some aromatic, you know, Gewurztraminer yeah, yeah, in, yeah. into my wines, and and they sell well, and it's great. But that was just my lack of confidence doing that, you know. That was me saying, I'm not quite confident enough. I put that in there because I know people are going to like it. Where now I'm confident enough to not do that and sit back and go, I'm just going to show something quite raw and savoury and, you know, because yeah. I'm confident in what I've got. Um, so to bring it back to your question on, you know, do, do I notice any changes in perception in, in different markets or how things change? It's really hard to put your finger on that right now just because different markets have different wines from different periods, particularly in my last four years where things have changed dramatically, their perception of what they are obviously has changed over time. So I think, I mean, it's really interesting, the US, which I never really exported to the US until about 12, 18 months ago, now I've exported there and they're getting some of these new wines which, which are more focused and, and more tuned into the farming and the vineyard. I think that'll be an interesting one to see how they're perceived and, and how people enjoy them there. Um, you know the poor UK. They, they've they've had them since the beginning, so they've they've seen all the eradicisms of, of my wines and behaviour. But I think that's <laughs> good, though, right? Because I, mean, I think that's. What, I mean, you, you've obviously you know, you know you're speaking very modestly today, but you've got a, you know, a, a great reputation in this market, and you know a lot of people who are big ambassadors and advocates for your wines. And, sure. and I think it's kind of it's kind of cool. You know, as you said, you've kind of been on this um, this journey yourself to figuring out what yeah. your voice or what your um, approach is kind of what you're trying to achieve, and, and um, people have kind of been along with that and kind of enjoyed it too. So I think it's it's cool. I, I, I kind of it, it's it's like when you find like an old an old sweater or something you're like that yeah. you used to wear like from like ten years ago. You're like man, I can't believe I wore that. But, uh, but then it's still or the, you know the, or maybe something that you wouldn't have worn then that you'd wear now kind of thing. Or, you know whatever well, the analogy is. I guess it is, and totally um, you know being in my late twenties and now early thirties. And this is definitely something that I've learned from working with the club and, and chatting continuously with Eric. It's, it's uh, when you're in your late 20s and early 30s, all you fucking want to do is get there. But it's not. And that, that's like my revelation over the last uh, 
the last six months. It's, it's not about that. It's about enjoying that journey till you get there. And I guess you can only kind of look back and retrospect and try and understand that when, when you've pushed so hard and you've forgotten about enjoying the journey and you've got to turn around and go back and go, I'm, I'm, now I'm going to enjoy the journey. Now, now I'm, I, have, I almost forgot about enjoying the journey. Now I'm going to enjoy that. And, you know, and hopefully people, people can see that through the lines. They can see the journey and that the aspiration was always very, very high. Um, but trying to find a place to aim right. when you're young and inexperienced. You, you're, you have an aspiration to do something of integrity and quality. Um, but in a, in, a, in, a, in a Venus world that changed so fast over the last 10 years, trying to find out where that where you're aiming. You know, you're always aiming up there, but sometimes the, the, the kind of direction goes a little bit like that. And, and through that, you meet different people from different beliefs and different directions along the way and trying to find out where you fit in there. And, and once you do, once that starts to clarify and you start to settle and, you know, the financial side of things is a little bit more relaxed, you, you start to find your direction and you really start to to nail it and then that's when that's when you really start to enjoy the journey you can look back and say hey that was so fun that was that was wonderful and why i'm here now is because of all those wonderful experiences i've had had along the way and not be so pressured on trying to find out where where it is that you're aiming you you, you quite clearly have now defined direction you, you quite clearly know where you're going and now it's just time to sit back and let it ride through and, and have faith in all the grounding that you put in before into the vineyards and into, into whether it be technique or an understanding of how your vineyards work. And you can only ever do that when you work with the same vineyards year in, year out. Um, once you've got that direction, you understand how they work, you can really enjoy the journey. And now I'm hoping I'm, I'm getting to a time when, you know, just enjoy every moment of it, because it's pretty wonderful. Yeah, uh, that's great. And I think, that, you know, what we love about this festival and like kind of, you know, what we try to do in the show is really kind of get past that and, and get past the labels and kind of speaking about to people and understanding a bit more of like, you know, for me, wines of integrity usually come from people of integrity, and, and I think that you can have a you know a journey where you're trying to find your way because you're always you know doing whatever it is that you're doing with the right with, with the, the right, right approach, right? With yeah. the right kind of you know, the right energy, and and um, I think that's what endears people to a lot of personality. You see that in the rooms here, right? Yeah. You see, it's not just about it's as much about the people making the wine because the wine is the story of the people making it, and and. Um, yeah, I think you know your wines are a testament to that, and, and uh, yeah, we're just—it's it's pretty. Great. But it's interesting you say that, and it's because not my just my wines. When I was just talking to a few of the guys um, today, and you know, I've been to a, a lot of these, and particularly in the last five to ten years, and you go into the room, and you always see the room behaving in a way, whether it be crazy, and sometimes the wines are, there's a lot of wines that aren't so good, and some wines that are good. Walking around this room yesterday and today, and just seeing kind of for the first time an entire room that is just confident, and the wines are at a level, and you're hard pressed not to turn up to any table in there, and this is the first time I've ever seen it, turn up to any table in there, and almost be rest assured that whatever they give you is going to be delicious. Yeah. And that's what I'm seeing in there. And it's just so exciting to see that. It's wonderful. It's a different vibe when you go around to the table. It's just a bit of a, not a I mean, it, the party starts later in the day. But, it's, but there's definitely a vibe. Definitely yeah, a vibe. that's great. Is there, I mean, of, of anything you've tasted, is there like, are there particular producers that you, you, you look to go taste or that you, that you're, that maybe some new producers that you've tasted? Oh, no, no. Any particular that up? Not necessarily. It's, it's really, um, I just, I just find that 
If you had asked me in the, in the years prior, absolutely. Um, there's producers that you'd, you'd go and because you'd, you'd feel some, you know they were going to be good, so you go and taste them. Um, and when you've tasted as much wine, I guess, as I have, you're not often surprised, so you kind of know and you have a level of comfort, um, which I thought I was getting old, you know, you're getting your old favourites and you go to there, but today and, and yesterday and bringing you back on what, we, what you were saying before, it's, it's almost like you've got no one you want to see. Everything is, everybody seems to have lifted and across the board, the quality for, for everybody. So you're not, you're not going because you rest assured that you're not going to see a table because you're going to be rest assured that it's going to be good. You're going to a table to see their journey, you know, and to see where they've come and, and what they're doing and what the focus is. And it just seems like everything is so much more focused that you are getting that individualized experience at every table and you're seeing where the, you know, you're getting an idea of who the producers are and where they're from rather than, you know, when you'd see some, some wines that are, that are, I guess, a lot more about artifact in yeah. previous, whether it be a heavy skin contact wine or whether it be something cloudy. And I've certainly made wines like that, which, which are delicious, but they're not, they're not chiseled focused representations. Right. So when you, when you go in there now, you're seeing so many, so many, uh, honest representations from these people and, and, and their farms and, and their wineries that you almost can't ever say, I want to go see this producer because every single one of them right. seems to be, and I know it sounds crazy to say every single producer is great, but I'm honestly super surprised about the quality across the board. You can almost go to any table and feel at home, feel like, wow, this is, this is really special. And that's, I mean, it's pretty amazing. I, I don't know what's caused it, but I'm, I'm kind of taken, taken aback by it all. It's, it's pretty, pretty great. No, that's, that's awesome. And, and you know, we appreciate you taking time away from your table to come and uh, uh, sit and chat with us a little bit and share some of these wines. These are absolutely fantastic. And uh, um, I'm going to try to find some time to get around and see some of these journeys on the other tables too, Ben. But Thanks I'm, very much for having me. Thank you. This is Thank absolutely you. fantastic. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks for the wines. Thanks for coming down.